Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives on Healthcare. Today's perspective comes from Meg Mill. She is a fellow Pittsburgh area resident, and as such, I am delighted to have her. She is a member of Generation X. She is a former clinical pharmacist and current functional medicine practitioner. And Meg, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. So tell me about yourself and your role in healthcare, please. Yes. Um, as you said, I spent almost 20 years as uh, practicing as a clinical pharmacist, and I have transitioned into I'm now um, practicing as a functional medicine practitioner, and I see people all over the country in my virtual functional medicine practice. And I, it, through functional medicine, we work on healing the root cause and of people's health issues and um, bringing their health back into balance naturally by digging into those root causes. Okay. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that concept? Uh, what do you, when you say you're dealing with the root cause and handling that, how is that different from what would be you know, traditional medicine? So we, we kind of flip things around in functional medicine. So it's almost like generally in conventional medicine, you look at a diagnosis and you would say you treat that diagnosis often with a medication. And we, we flip it around and, and we would say, um, not that the we're not so concerned about the diagnosis. We we said these are a set of symptoms, and we want to look at what imbalances are going on in your body to create that those symptoms to happen. So we can look at you know one in in functional medicine we kind of look at one um, disease could have many different reasons that are making it occur. And one symptom could actually, ha you know, have, have many different diseases. So it, it's just taking the looking at the imbalances and what imbalances are going on in the body to cause that that symptom to occur and that disease state to happen. Okay. Work with me on this. A few years or a number of years ago, the World Health Organization moved to doing functional assessment and looking at things from that perspective rather than from a diagnostic perspective it does that kind of fit in and here's a full disclosure okay for me i've got a spinal cord injury but i come to understand that spinal cord injuries are like snowflakes they're all different and you know i need a power wheelchair but it's not necessarily because i'm a quad not every quad needs a power wheelchair it's because of the functional limitations that i have so in that way i think the World Health Organization is moving more towards looking at function instead of diagnosis, and you're just taking it a step beyond that. It, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, so what, every patient that comes to me, we do a full detailed intake questionnaire, and we would do a symptom questionnaire. And I go back with the patient and look at everything that's happened since birth. So I would really look at all of those different triggers and say, even like, let's say the ear infections that someone had at a three, as a three-year-old, 
or a trip they went on to, you know, out of the country where they could have got picked up some, a parasite or something, you know, something from unclean water, everything that you've had happen in your life leads you to the place you are now. So we dig into all the reasons that you, that are building you up to the place you are now and really dig into all of that and all the symptoms and then work with them on rebalancing. So yes. So what you're saying is true. You're or different. You're, it, it's an N of one. We look at you as a <laughs> individual, yes, <laughs> and you are, because we're all individual, our body is unique. So it's not standard for everyone um, to have that. Even one thing I always thought in, in my old, old role as a clinical pharmacist, um, you know, even with medication, we give this everyone the same doses. I mean, it's, there's standard doses and, and everyone's different. So you and I wouldn't always maybe need the same dose of a medication, but we just use sort of sta- standardized procedures where we're really looking at individual cases and how everyone is different individually and then really digging up what is unique about the person and can um contribute overall to what's going on in their health and then work to rebalance that. Yep. What you're saying, I think really appeals to me from this perspective that when, when you're talking about a dosage, this is what works for the general population. And it's a statistical thing where this is what's likely going to work for you. And if it doesn't, we can adjust it. Um, But this is kind of on average what happens. Whereas you're saying, let's, Let's not go with what works on average. Let's find out what works exactly for you. And that has a definite appeal to it. What does quality healthcare mean to you? I think it really means um, meeting the patient where they are and, and really listening to what what the patient is telling you and what their needs are. And, and really, I think people have intuition that they maybe don't even realize or recognize because they're coming to the, there there can sometimes be this role of the doctor versus the patient. And, And I think just really evening that out, we're a team, we work together and I'm there to work with them as a team to really give them the care that, that they're, that they're looking for and listening to their intuition and what they say and what their needs are. It's, Again, I had a urologist. He, he was he was old, and um, he's since retired. But his thing was, if you listen to your patient long enough, they will tell you what's wrong. And if you listen to them a little bit longer than that, they may even tell you how to fix it, um, which uh, sounds to me a, a lot like what you're talking about with listening to a patient's intuition. Uh, can you give me an example of quality healthcare? So I I work with people generally in my functional medicine practice over a period of time. So we will work, I'd say like coming, you know, really that coming in once, you know, once a year or something and just getting that one time appointment um, can often lead to, even if I'm telling them everything, if I give them a plan, let's say, and it's like, oh, this is what you need to do. And we work through a plan. Um, if they can't do that plan, then they are not going to receive the benefit of the of the, even what we've created if, if they can't do it in their in their life. So we work together um, over a period of time in order to really 
make a plan that works for them and make sure they're and able to do that in their life and sustain it so that they can see that transformation and health and, and really see that change. I say there, we want to see a tra- the transformation that, that both the patient and I want to see for them. Got it. I, it sounds like this is not going to be handled in your standard, you know, 15 minute doctor's visit where, you know, usually people are used to traditional medicine where you go in and you see the doctor and you're lucky if you get, you know, you have the nurse takes your blood pressure and your temperature and you're lucky if you see the doctor for, you know, eight minutes, 10 minutes. Um, it sounds like that's not exactly, that's not exactly the, um, the way things are going with you. No, we meet, usually the first appointment takes about 90 minutes. So like when I'm saying we dig into, I have people fill out a really detailed intake questionnaire and a really detailed symptom questionnaire before they even come. I review that before I even meet with them so I can really get the full picture. And then we, our first appointment takes about 90 minutes to really dig into everything that they, uh, with their whole health history and what they have going on. And then the fall appointments are usually an hour. So we really do spend a lot of time together and work together to really um, you know, make a change. Yeah. And how do your patients or your clients react to that when you say like, okay, you're going to come in for 90 minutes. Sometimes I feel like, like 15 minutes is too short. Um, sometimes I feel like 90 minutes can be a really long time. What are your patients typical reactions? Well, you know, I'm flexible. They don't, if they're busy and they don't want to stay 90 minutes, you know, we, we, we work together, but um, you know, I think by the time someone is seeking out a functional medicine practitioner, they are interested in, in making a change. And so I, I actually don't have, um, I can't say I've had anyone argue about that because people are just really like, you know, I think sometimes maybe the functional practitioner isn't their first stop. They've probably been to that appointment that they were told, you know, I have had people like said, like telling me like crying that their, their doctors are telling them they look like a picture of health and they, they're not, they feel Mm -hmm. terrible. So, you know, they've been to that, like, Oh, you're fine. And, and they're not feeling fine, but they've been told that. So they're really usually ready to dig in. Um, You know, there, we, I definitely work with them. Um, but I actually, I don't know. I think people like to be heard. So I haven't had that pushback of like, oh, too, it's too much time for me. Yeah. Uh, no, you're definitely right. People like to be heard. Uh, what do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? Well, I, I, I feel like functional medicine is a, is a newer modality. So often the people practicing functional medicine come from like I have from a, a conventional space and um, found that there, you know, although there's life-saving benefits and, and wonderful things about that space, there's always also some gaps. And so I wish that, um, you know, that I will hope that more and more people become aware that there is this other option um, for more for people that are suffering from with more chronic conditions, like people with you know gut imbalances or chronic headaches or migraines or autoimmunity, hormone imbalances, all sorts of spaces that that you you know um, insulin resistance and diabetes. There's a lot of things you can do um, that don't require medication and that can actually make a huge difference in how you feel. Okay, so. Just for my own clarification, you're talking about things 
that don't require medication, what, what are the things that people can do if they're not taking a medication for a particular, you know, chronic condition? Yeah. So we look at, um, you know, I think people don't, I guess when you're saying understand, I think a lot of people don't understand the root, the role food plays in their health. So I would wish that more people really um, understood that and, and really the, what every bite of food you take is giving your body information, whether that's good information or bad information. So there's, there's, you know, so much we can do with food with regard to health. And then we look at, at lifestyle modifications and work through a, a lot of things like, um, you know, balancing the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So you can be in more of a rest and digest place rather than be living in a lot of us live in fight or flight a lot of the time. And so, um, and then we do use supplements, um, to, to do some, to, to do some nutrient balancing and, and use supplements for treatment too. Okay. And I mean, I think this is, I had Deborah Muth on, and I think this is what she mentioned that really food is the building blocks of, you know, what your body, how your body takes care of itself and how your body builds itself and rebuilds itself. And, um, if you're not providing good, if you're not providing the right building blocks, you're not going to be able to, to get your body into the condition that it needs to be in, which I think is a very powerful statement. What excites you about the future of healthcare? Well, I think that the world got shaken up a little bit in the past (laughs) year and a half. So I think that it is making people um, just kind of shaking up the norms. And in some of those, in some of that shakeup, people are realizing that there are different answers that they can advocate for themselves, that there's not just one way. So there's not only one way to do things. And I think sometimes we've, we've followed this pattern of this is the way it has to be done. And so um, I hope that there are, you know, there, it excites me that there's that new things are, are coming up, the whole um, role of genetics versus epigenetics and, and, and nutrigenomics where you're, you know, like we're saying with the food and how food can affect your genes and all, all those things that are really we're getting more and more information on um, and to, to be able to personalize care even better. Yeah, it's very, very enlightening what you're saying. And part of it is, to me, that the patients are becoming empowered where they're doing the, they're doing the research, they're doing the digging, they're taking the thing to say, listen, I am not satisfied with the solution that I'm being provided with. I need to go find out, are there other places I can get a solution? Are there other places I can get treatment? And to make sure that, um, you know, the patients are acquiring knowledge and, and that's a really powerful thing. I, just from your perspective, it sounds to me like, Patients are doing the research in order to find you, but patients are also empowered in the process to make sure that the, the outcomes are not just what you're prescribing, but the outcomes, as you've said before, are duly satisfactory. Is that, am I properly understanding that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so what is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Well, I think really 
as we've kind of mentioned before, listening to their patients? I, well, I think there's two things. <laughs> so I think really listening to your patients, listening to what you, what they're telling you, what their needs are. You know, we talked about that patient intuition, and I think we do all have that, like you were saying with your urologist, that intuition where we have have a sense of what's going on. So I think really listening. And the other thing would be to, to really... Um, value food and what and the information that food's providing because you know if you're taking a drug let's just use metformin for example if you're taking metformin to treat your diabetes but you're not changing your diet at all and eating fast food all the time and you know drinking sodas with high fructose corn syrup and then that's spiking your blood sugar you know as it's entering your body you're not really helping yourself. You're taking the medication that also has side effects, but you're also making lifestyle choices that really are counteracting the be- the benefit. So you're you're progressing in your disease state even though you're taking the medication. So we really need to look at the person as a whole and what their whole life looks like that could, because there's so many things you can do without medications or having to have the side effects to improve overall outcomes in a patient. Okay. Just how can you encourage patient buy-in in this? Because it seems to me like a lot of the people that are coming to you have done, you know, have done a lot of research and, but to me, you know, I've got people that I know in my life who are either diabetic or pre-diabetic and they are kind of of the opinion like, yeah, I know that, but I'm still going to eat the things that I enjoy. I don't want to give up. I don't want to go through the rest of my life just eating bland and terrible things that are, you know, that may be good for me, but are not enjoyable. Are there ways that you can encourage patient buy-in with that? I know. And that's tough because some of those cardiometabolic syndrome things don't have, you don't have side effects right now. So you're not feeling, you're having to make those changes and you don't feel bad right now, but you will progress to a place where you have a lot more health complications because of the choices you're making right now. And, and that is a hard, um, that's a hard sell. So, you know, really, it is just more education and in having people realize like, you know, there, you know, you do have complications that come from diabetes and all cardiometabolic syndrome, even though you're not having the, the, the symptoms at this time, it, it you will, you can progress there. So I, we want, we're in a society that wants a quick fix. So we want that, you know, you feel like, okay, that, that pill that I take is my quick fix, but is it, you know, it helps, but is that really fixing the underlying issue? And so they have to just really take um, responsibility for some of the choices that they're making because those are affecting their overall health. Yeah. Um, Quick fix and um, quick fixes in and delayed gratification is out. And that's kind of the, the paradigm that we've got to shift. Hey, listen, Meg Mill, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate you sharing and I value your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit perspectivesonhealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. 
Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.